All right, we're taking it relax. I'm holding this thing now. <laughs> you said that like like it was for the podcast. <laughs> that was in your podcast voice. You got stuck. You got stuck in podcast voice. Do we have podcast voice? One hundred percent. You think so? Yes, one hundred percent, dude. I feel like sometimes there's a moment where like you and I get possessed. Welcome to the Clean Slate with your hosts Daniel Garza and Carson Phillips, providing you with movie news, reviews, and more. Sit back, relax. And don't forget to go to the concessions to get your popcorn and drinks. For your entertainment, this is the Clean Slate Podcast. All right. Thank you, Justin, for that wonderful, wonderful introduction. Daniel's choking. You always saw it. You always say, all right. All right. Welcome back, mofos. Okay. You don't have to add the mofos, but yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Or theys. In between. Yep. Oh, shoot. My headphones almost fell out of my head. All right. So we're back. We're doing a continuation of our decade series, and this is our final episode watching 60s movies. Yep. You know, the 60s was a great time. Was it? We should have done, you should have done like 60s facts at the beginning of every episode. (laughs) That would have been smart. Okay, we'll start that up in the 70s. I'm going to give you a 60s fact right now. Though. Oh, okay, hurry up. In the 1960s, pediatricians encouraged moms to let babies sleep on their stomachs, which we now know is not a great idea. Plus, cribs had few of the safety measures in place today. Dangerous drop rails, slats so wide an infant's head could get stuck, places where tiny fingers could get caught, and choking hazards were just a few of the problems. Sadly, it took infant tragedies to lead to more manufacturing regulations. What was the point of that <laughs> fact? Okay, some of these facts are so dumb. Cereal with lots of sugar. We had still nuns who smacked. <laughs> oh, man, I miss the 60s. <laughs> Riding bikes without helmets. Oh, my Lord. Didn't we do that? Say it ain't so. Oh, here's a fun, scary fact. People used to hitchhike more in the 60s. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't smart. Anyways, let's do this. Okay, guys. So now that you know fun facts about the 60s, we're going to continue our last two films of the 60s. And the first movie we have for you is Django. Django. Isn't that how the song goes? Yeah. It's in the... um, You should play it. You should play it at the beginning. (laughs) There's no way they sue us. There's no way. No, not even close. Okay, so here is the logline. A coffin-dragging gunslinger and a prostitute become embroiled in a bitter feud between a clan of southern racists and a band of Mexican revolutionaries. Is it only the two groups? Did I yeah. miss? Did I add an imaginary group? Or were the Mexicans fighting each other at some point? Uh, Probably. Like at the beginning when they like let them run off and they're shooting them? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. This movie was directed by Sergio Gorbucci. And you may be wondering, that doesn't sound like an American name. That's because he's Italian. 
This is the first, not only is this the first Western for the podcast, this is our first spaghetti Western, yep. which I used to think means meant bloody movies, which can also be true, but no, it means it's made by Italians, so that's kind of a weird, that's kind of a crazy name to give uh, Italian That's like low-key racist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's better than like Alfredo Westerns. Alfredo Western, the pizza Western. No, Whatever. but uh, this was Daniel's pick, which surprised me. Yeah, I was just scrolling through good movies for the 60s, and I was like, what's a good one to end on? We kind of already talked about like a Western or a musical, mm. so we, we gave you both. That <laughs> yeah, but and we just did foreign films. Are these, these are both foreign <laughs> films, but this feels less foreign because we're kind of, most people that watch Westerns are used to the spaghetti Western at this point. Yeah. Like the Dollars trilogy with Clint Eastwood, that those are spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. But ironically, in those, so so this movie originally spoken Italian, right? Yeah. And then it's dubbed over in English. That's common practice at the time. Um, and most people would just watch this in English. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, the Italian version is so much better. It's like, it's yeah, just, no, this is the, just what the we American version is actually better. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, ironically, like the good, the bad, and the ugly of Clint Eastwood. He speaks English, some of the actors speak Italian, and then some of the actors speak another language, and then they dubbed all of it over to be in Italian again. Oh, wow. Or American English again. Oh, okay. American I was English. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Plot yeah, no, it's twist. A whole, it's a whole thing, but that's a side note. So for those of you who haven't seen Django 1966, um, it's nothing like the Quentin Tarantino version. Which nothing. is inspired by this movie still, in style more so than anything. Uh, it also has the original song in it too yeah exactly and the director of this movie i believe is in django unchained and there's a documentary out now on netflix with talking about both films which i'm super interested in watching oh wow Uh, so maybe for a short slate i'll talk about that but yeah so django is kind of a bigger franchise i've actually seen the second one in the 80s it was an 80s movie yeah i didn't watch it in the 80s because i was wasn't even a fetus yet um (laughs) But, okay. <laughs> so I'll I'll, gonna, I'll give you guys a little brief little plot breakdown. So basically the movie starts with this which you find out later this girl who's a prostitute being whipped um by is she being whipped by the Mexicans at the beginning? No, it's or the Klansmen. The Klansmen, which yeah, they wear red hoods in this, which threw me off. Did you notice that? Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Um but yeah, so she's being attacked, and then this dude named Django, played by Franco Nero, appears, and he beats the crap out of him. He's just like this gunslinging hunk, you know. And so he kicks their butt, and basically, the story starts to unfold that there's this war going on between the Mexicans and these racist guys, and both are kind of shown to be not good people, to be honest. Like it's not like one side's the good side kind of situation. And Django's just in the middle of this because he wants to get out of the gunslinging life. And he finds out that the Mexicans have some gold. So he's working with them to get the gold so he can get out of Dodge with this prostitute that he is in love with. There's a very weird sex scene. I mean, it's not even a sex scene. It's like yeah. the lead up to one. And then and then it's very uncomfortable. But anyways, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wanted, I was actually trying to find the dialogue for that so we could recreate it for the audience. But I can't find it right now. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, yeah, so he's trying to end up with her, and he wants out, 
that's it. That's pretty much the general plot. There's a couple side characters that like the uh, the guy who runs like the bar slash brothel, and then there's also the guy who does like all the burials and stuff. Those are like some side characters, but they're not super. Those, this really. movie made me actually want to watch the 2012 version, Django. Oh, yeah. Which also, Classic if movie. you guys don't know, Jamie Foxx is not. He was not doing well for a long time. Like right now, he's not doing well. Yeah, are you kidding me? You didn't know anything about this. He was like hospitalized no, for about? weeks. What? Yeah, like people are saying that he was very close to just dying. What from what? It's literally nobody's disclosed what it was. People don't know if it was like a, a something it's in his cancer. brain or cancer or something in his heart or what. Oh, bro, that's so sad. Dude, it's like the last two weeks has been going on. I had no idea. I love Jamie Foxx. Yeah, anyway, so apparently he was close to dying, but something that did happen was a bunch of news media put that they ran an ad saying, like, or not an ad, they ran an article saying Jamie Foxx's family expecting the worst. And, and that's not true? It was kind of true, but then like hours later they said, Jamie Foxx is you know going home and he's expected to recover. But like there, oh. there's still no information about what happened to him. But anyway, a lot of people are upset with the news media being like, "You guys are just a bunch of jokes." Like you're literally put like putting headlines at the expense oh, of yeah. a, a family just yeah. so you can get. Well, clicks. they always jump the gun too. Like mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. happens, they'll report on it before even the family knows. Yeah, like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think there was a whole lawsuit over that. Even so. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, screw the news. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, sad story. Now back to Django 1966, guys. Django. This movie is insane. It was actually banned from a lot of countries um just because of how graphic it is and <laughs> it was rejected by it's the really violent. entire United Kingdom and when it wow. came to here it had to have a not rated That's title cool. on the, in US. It's crazy because it's so tame compared to, like, the majority of R-rated movies. Now. Yeah. And technically, this was the... Obviously, it was the inspiration <clears throat> for Quentin Tarantino's Django. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, like, not related. It makes sense. Really, besides, like, the gunslinger. The time period. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, what's his name? The style is there, though. Like, just yeah. from... But some of that is just part of the spaghetti western genre as a whole that style like just the way the opening credits are yeah exactly. even some of the editing tricks they do feel very much of their own time their own style and tarantino takes that and makes something you know yeah i don't know if you can call it unique but maybe unique out of it i guess exactly yeah and i, I that's what i do kind of appreciate about people who take movies like this and make them their own because right it's the same title but at the same time it's like completely revamped way better all that type of stuff <clears throat> yeah anyway marco or mark nero franco i'm sorry franco nero was 25 years old when he got casted in this movie and they had to wow they had to obviously use makeup to make him look older but they also say they had to redub his voice, so it's not even actually his voice that's talking, because he sounded too young. So they redubbed his voice with somebody wow. else to make him older or sound older. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, but because, like what we said, Carson and I, we were talking about how violent this movie is. This movie has a body count of almost as much as Carson, 180, <laughs> including 79 kills from Franco Nero, wow. who is Django, seven from hey, dude. Eduardo Fajardo. I think that's the name. Also, B.A. That's the worst <laughs> pronunciation I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Come uh, on, man. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, but that yeah, it's just crazy that there's will, 180 okay. kills in this movie. So his niche is that he carries around this coffin, right? I'm yeah. not gonna spoil what's in the coffin, but I love that surprise when you first find out. I was like, that is so sick. Like that's such a cool thing. I just love that, and then the whole idea that he wants to get rid of the coffin and bury him quote or he kind of wants to get rid of his old self by bearing right. it basically mm-hmm. which i think is a cool theme actually and i think it works really well with this story so that's something i did like about storyline wise but then i guess the majority of what i liked about this was just the violence and mm-hmm. the style i think the style is like so cool there's some really funny fun facts about this <laughs> will you get some more i just saw after filming ended, director Sergio instructed oh, Franco yeah. to drag Django's coffin up a hill without turning around, and then the whole film crew just left. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? And then also, I guess they weren't originally going to make them, like, straight-up Klansmen with red hoods. Yeah. But they were given too many ugly actors from mm-hmm. other films, and they were like, well, let's put a hood on them. Yeah, just put a hood on them. Well, it's because they weren't scary that. enough. They didn't look, like, threatening enough. So they're like, well. But, but they were they sh- ugly. Does exactly. that mean they just look like, what does that mean? <laughs> they look like you, and then they just had to put a red red scarf on them. It's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I'm just going to go cry. Oh, my God. I literally said the other day you look like Jake Gyllenhaal, so you can suck it up. Yeah, it's okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what? why did you not like the movie? Okay, like, so what I was saying it, was man? that, I mean, I would give this maybe about a four- or five out of ten, and I'm only giving it, it that high because of the style of it. Oh, this so is good, now this we talk about me struggling with older films. Older this films. Is one of the ones this you is would struggle this with, is huh? what I would struggle with because not only so was higher I, concept films probably what? like films that would re- like films that would come out nowadays that would require like a way bigger budget like this would be a big movie that came out nowadays exactly yeah or like if it was like a star wars kind of thing that you know requires more of a budget yeah maybe i don't know cuz i feel like the other films an indie project could do nowadays that we've re- reviewed mm-hmm. so far yeah so anyway there's just like the dubbing was throwing me off a lot and i was just like cuz a lot of times right when i'm watching acting I don't want to actually listen to an English dubbed version of it. Yeah. And like, right. For instance, with squid games, I, I watched it in the original language. I didn't watch it. The yeah. English dub because the English dub is stupid. That's usually the preferred mm-hmm. way to watch something. Exactly. So the English dubbing was hard and I couldn't get over it. It's part of the style. But however, in both of these movies, it was so, it was, it was a lot of overacting. Like I feel like oh, they haven't gotten to my movie yet. We have, exactly. <laughs> so there oh, is the overacting bothered you. There is overacting in some of these sixties movies as we that we watched, like To Kill a Mockingbird, but it wasn't yeah. that bad. Like it was a, a more good dramatic acting. Yeah. And then what was the other one we watched? Um, 
Shot Corridor. Yeah, Shot Corridor was overacted, but it was an appropriate overacting because of the insane asylum and everything like that. Django was just... Ugh, it was tough, dude. dude. It was tough I to get through. I love it. I think that's part of the appeal. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and also violence for me. If it's if the violence isn't done right, then I'm not going to buy into the violence. Did you not think the violence was good? It No, I didn't think so. I think for the time period, it's pretty convincing. I yes, mean, yes. And that's what I always try to but, keep my mind in. But for me but right also now, you think, I was like, just, it was struggling. Tarantino's uh, violence in general is over the top. Oh, yeah, violence. exactly. Like and that's one realistic. of the that's the things that I least like about Django is the violence in that. Really? I th- yeah. That's like, I for still me, that's like one of my Django. favorite things about Tarantino. I still love Django, but yeah, the violence in his movies are over the top. And I just kind of like roll my eyes at it. It doesn't take me that's out because he watched movies like this, and that's his inspiration. Though. He's <laughs> exactly. like, I want to do that. I just want to do the exact same. My way. favorite in, oh, I'm sorry, real quick in Tarantino's Django, my favorite is when in that last huge house scene where Jamie yeah. Foxx just jumps out of the bedroom and shoots the two guys that are standing. Oh, yeah. next. That's the best one. I always thought Samuel L. Jackson's death in uh, Django <laughs> Unchained is so funny to me yeah. for some reason. Yeah, um, but those ones but anyways, I like laugh at. Okay, but the final fight scene in this Django. Yeah, this, this, is, this is not insane. the coolest crap ever. I don't think it's the coolest, but it is insane. Yeah. It's so cool. He basically should I spoil it? Yeah, sure, go ahead. If you guys aren't go- if you guys are going to watch this, go watch it now. If not, I'm going to spoil it because yeah. his hands are literally destroyed yeah. at one scene. Like both his hands are just smashed, which that was actually kind of like a a lot. Mm-hmm. The way they portrayed that was a lot. But yeah. He has to take off like the front part of the pistol so he cuz he can't pull the trigger anymore mm-hmm. and he just like smooshes it against like a cross in the cemetery yeah. which is the coolest thing ever and he starts shooting all these guys and yeah. I was just sitting there like giddy cuz I'm like that is the coolest thing ever and I'm going to steal it someday and put it <laughs> in a movie. And I don't even care if anyone calls me on it because It was, it was the coolest so way cool. to end the movie. But for uh, overall, I really didn't I wasn't like enjoying this one. Yeah. I, that's why I was so shocked that you picked this cuz I'm like <laughs> Has Daniel even seen an older Western and liked it? Nope. I, well, actually, I, yes. Trinity, The Lone Ranger. Which it's, one? it's like a series, a movie series. Is that where he wears a mask? No, that's that's well, that's The Lone Ranger. But Trinity is like it, it's like a suit. It's like fifties or sixties old. Huh, you um, should send it to me. I'm, I haven't heard of that. Okay, it's really good. I like it a lot, and they have like a good theme song with it. I love it. Um, my family's really big on westerns, so yeah. But I, I kind of just grew up seeing them, so like the tropes don't bother me, I guess, as much. Yeah, the only thing is, I was trying to go a U route, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try something I've never seen. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna see if I like it. And I, I well, ended gotta up keep not doing liking that. it. That, you gotta follow. Yeah, it was heart, just being so. experimental. I, I didn't regret it, but I okay, did not enjoy jump it. Into <laughs> the next one. Yep, let's do it. I I loved it. If you're a western person. I think this is a good Western. If you're not a Western person, maybe pick a different one for your first, is yeah. what I would say. The Umbrellas of Cherbourg? Cherbourg? Cherbourg. Cheeseburger. It's a word. I don't know. It's somewhere in France, right? Um, yeah. So you want to give them a log line? Yep. Okay. So a young woman separated from her lover by war faces a life-altering decision. Ooh. This is actually the th- second or... Maybe third time I've seen this movie. Really? Wow. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Interesting. Okay. I know you didn't like it, but I love this movie. 
Like it's just so beautiful I, to look okay. at. Okay. I would give and this the songs movie, really make like I connect with these songs even. Oh, I did not like most of the songs. I like some of the songs. Most of them I did. The main theme is mainly the one that I like. Yeah, I did like, like that one. The ballad. It's kind of like a ballad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's such a good like it gets the tune of it, even like the instrumental gets stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. So I think this this story is a lot more straightforward in regards to um lovers you know they have this deep connection with each other and then our main character who is uh what is his name guy yeah but it's not guy. pronounced guy it's pronounced gi or something stupid <laughs> exactly Alyssa and i were laughing because i never noticed like that's how you actually said his name because I just read it as Guy every yeah, time I've same. watched it. <laughs> but she was like, I think they're saying Guy. And I was like, don't tell me that. And then Genevieve is not Genevieve. It's Genevieve it's, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's Genevieve or something like that. Something. And I was like, what? And I was like, I always thought it was Genevieve because I just yeah. read it. So that's kind of funny. Um. Anyway, so this movie is more so straightforward of like these two main characters. They really love each other. And just breaking it down to the simplest way, Guy gets drafted to the Algerian war. and Bad news for Guy. Yeah. And they're like, you know, she's like, I'm going to wait for you. I love you so much. Um, and he's like, okay. You I'll get the best song in the whole movie. Yeah. And then he's like, I'll write Tears you. Tears from Carson. And then he never ends up writing her. And another. He does. He writes her. He never does. Um, <laughs> but He got her prego. Yes, he did get her preg- pregnant before he left. And her mother's business is failing. Yes. It's not a great situation to be in. But she finds another man, a rich jeweler named... Because of her mom. Her mom's kind of a punk but about it, too. Yeah. But Anyway, so she ends up falling for him. She marries him while she still really loves Guy and Guy. Guy. And that's and that's kind of where we'll leave it. It's kind of a simplistic story. You can't really spoil it. Yeah. Like, there is, like, some twists and turns, but it's you kind of know where it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, almost... Alyssa got mad at me because she's like, do you just pick movies that are just, like, life as, like, movies that you really love sometimes? And I was like, well, it's either that or gross horror films, so... Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess sometimes if it's just life, I like it sometimes. Yeah, slice of life movies are really good, like... This is kind of adjacent to Slice of Life. Yeah. So what you told me to do was look at it as if it's like a La La Land type of, like in the ways of that. This movie directly inspired La La Land. Like that's a fact. Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed in musicals kind of throughout, besides like Les Mis, mostly Mm -hmm. musicals, good musicals have a really big color aspect to it. So okay. that was one of the things that I noticed is the color coloring, coloring everywhere. So much, dude. It's, Isn't it great? It's so good. No, I loved it. And it, it they, really they went to town. Like art department, like just went yeah. Off, and it man. builds. You know, the it from world. the opening with the umbrellas at mm-hmm. the beginning, you see the tops of all of them. Yeah, and you're like, this is visually, this is going to be special. So kind of what I was talking about in Django. One of the things that I like and makes it feel more of like a slice of life was long shots. Of something just mm. following something so simple, I feel like it makes it more pretty. Yeah. Except for Roma, I still stand by hating Roma. 
Um, that was pandering. Ooh, we need and to have campy. this conversation later. I, <laughs> I love hate Roma, Roma so much. The karate scene. The oh my god! Stop! No, we're not. Five out it of is. Five. <laughs> I actually love Roma. But we can talk about I hate it later. It. Yeah, we talked about it when it came out. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh. Yeah, remember because we did a whole. The director came to our school and we. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me, dude? I literally sat there in a Q and A. Why was I not invited? Because it was in New York. I, you still should have invited. It was in New York. Yeah, dude, I freaking hated we'll, that movie. We'll, we'll settle this beef um, <laughs> in a ten episode mini series later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the coloring is great. I love camaraderie yeah. when it comes to like him at the at the auto shop and everything like that. Mm. There's like a lot of good, good friendship. Yeah, there's a lot of good building of the world. I think this movie does really build the wo- world really well. Makes you want to live there, right? No, bit. it does. Yeah, it, for real, it does. Um, however, Wait, so is your biggest the thing, biggest like complaint the bad, is the or not bad acting, but is overacting. Geneva Genevieve or whatever she Genevieve. she overacts a lot in this movie. It okay. Kind of this her or the this, mom because the mom bothers me. That's what I was gonna say. Is I feel like it's most of the female led characters are overacting. They get the most screen time. Exactly. So. Because I feel like almost like her husband later underacts almost. Yeah, he does. It's, he has like it's the a good balance. Like but what is the girl that he, the other girl? Um, Madeline. It's not Madeline. It's like Madeline or something like that. Madeline it's, or something. Yeah. yeah, and she's um, the caretaker for Guy's his um, mother. God. Is, is it mother or godmother? Godmother or aunt. Yeah, so she that she was the only actress that I feel like didn't really overact, and I loved her. She was like, I honestly thought she was better than Genevieve than Guy. No, Genevieve. Okay, I thought she was a better actress, but um, yeah. So overall, the overacting for time period. Yeah, exactly. Expected. So So I don't think I can really fault them. Exactly. Well, that's why. That's why I say this is my problem. Like it's the simple things that can take me out and that hinder me from expanding my suspense of reality. I I think the story as simple as it is, once you get to the ending, it's such a satisfying bittersweet Mm -hmm. ending. Yeah. Like that payoff is worth it for me. Every time I I looked over at Alyssa and I was like, isn't that such a good ending? And she's like, nothing happened. And I was like, no, that's such a good (laughs) ending. Like that's so good. I was like, I'm, I'm like literally like about to cry. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, it's amazing. No, it is like, one of those perfect ending. endings. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else you'd end it. And it, I don't know, man. I, I like bittersweet movies. Yeah. Um, this definitely goes into like a nostalgic kind of bittersweet vibe, I guess. So I'm trying to always, I always try to feel like, <sighs> hold on. Is our first foreign film on the podcast? No. These two? I don't think so. I think it is. Oh, it might be. Um, I think so. There's this one movie that has a very similar. Oh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Mr. German. Yes, so there it is. Film for the podcast. There's this one movie that I have that is very similar ending, which I've grown mm-hmm. to love this ending, right? Because I think it bases it more in reality rather than. Like, right, I think it's the difference between a rom-com and an actual movie. Okay. Like, having a more 
a realistic ending. ending. Yeah, or there was this one movie. Freak, hold on. Let me try to find it. I think it's called. This has a realistic ending. Like, this feels like. Yeah, keep talking. I'm this gonna is how this. it happened in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, can I spoil the ending? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So basically, you find out that he ends up marrying Madeline. And it's not really yep. out of love at first, it seems like. I mean, I think yeah, that's it's up in just because he's lonely. He he does. I think he proves at the end that he loves her. Yeah. Um, but basically, later on, he builds this gas station, which was his dream to build with um, Genevieve. And it never happens, except for now it happens with Madeline. And Genevieve is visiting town, and she happens to stop at that gas station. He sees his kid for the first time, who actually has yeah. the same name as his son, which is a whole. <laughs> make sure your bones not feel good but then you know he doesn't meet the kid or anything he just they just kind of have their peace with one another and that's it and it's just and but then his family comes back because they were out you know christmas shopping or whatever and the snow's coming down and he want, runs and greets his family and it i don't know it's just such a good ending for me like yeah um i don't know so similarly, I I feel like I kind of reference this movie all the time, but it's like crazy. And it's Anton Yelchin, you know, mm, Star Trek. You mentioned this, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence and Felicity Jones. Well, he's a great it's, actor. It's a, it's a very like similar, like, too. kind of realistic love story. Like, right, the love is so real, it's so deep, it's so intense. But then something happens, and now the, the two protagonists are stuck in this crosshairs of what do we do? Do we be together just because we want to be together or do we like kind of do what's better for us right and i think that for genevoise it was better for her to marry this guy she Um, really didn't have much of a choice exactly and then for him for him he couldn't like wait around and just wait for his life to like wither away Uh, and in the end of like crazy it's very similar like they end up staying together but they're unhappy but Mm. in this it's almost it is a happy ending because he she asks him, so are you doing well? And he says, yes, very well. And it's, it's yeah. this like perfect closing of the book. Like you see him dancing in the snow with his child. And it's sadder it, for her character. I think. Yeah, I think so. Especially when you kind of like start to add in some of those layers of like, this is our first time visiting the hometown since they she's gotten married. Like she hasn't been back. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason she's back is because her mom passed away. Yep. So it's kind. It kind of shows the paints the mom as like a villain, really. Um, she's yeah. She kind of sucks, but yeah, I think it's a good movie. Um, I do acknowledge that this might be a hard watch for some people. Maybe yeah. Like if one, if you don't watch foreign films, that's it's very barrier. French. <laughs> yeah, so that's that is a barrier for some people, like having to read while watching a movie. But the other barrier is that it's also a musical. <laughs> Those are two two things like people will say they don't like is foreign films and musicals. This is both of them. Yeah, but if you can put up with both, I say go for it. I think you will not be disappointed if you like a little romance or a little something pretty to look at. Yeah, and you both know, and of these movies, both of these movies are very short. Yeah, they're relatively short. I don't know why. I don't know if Shock Corridor was longer or, but I remember looking I it up last night and it was short. like two and a half hours. I thought I was like, oh god. But then when I played it today, I got forty minutes into it and there was only forty minutes left. I was like, what? I'm like, there's no Which way. One? This one. Yeah, the um, musical felt feels long, but it's it's super short. Yeah, really. 
So both these movies, um, you can find Django on Peacock, and you can find uh, the Umbrella of Sherberg on HBO Max. So go ahead, check them out. But guys, we are wrapping up the '60s decade. So next week we will have our chit song. '60s. This is the '60s. '60s song. Here we are. Yeah. And now we're going to go into that 70s show. That 70s slate. So, guys, we are picking our movies for the 70s. After next week, we will have the chit-chat on beef. And then we're jumping right into the 70s, 80s, and 90s after that. So, guys, you'll want to stick around. If you have any suggestions of your favorite 70s movies or your favorite 80s or 90s, send them our way. My highest rated decade on Letterboxd is the 70s. Really interesting. Well, you better pick I've some rated fire more movies, movies in the seventy. Well, what if I just pick something I haven't seen? Because <laughs> it's always a good opportunity to watch something new. When yeah, it's that's true. That's guess. very true. All right. Well, give us some recs, guys, and follow us on at the Clean Slate Podcast at the Clean Slate underscore podcast, podcast. on yep. Instagram at Daniel Garza at Carson Phillips loves you, and. uh yeah, give us some follows, send us some comments, some messages, send us feet pics, whatever you want to do. Free and feet. We'll see you guys next week, right? Yep. With the 70s. All right. Oh, no, we have a chit chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the we have a chit chat coming up. I literally so just said If you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, if you guys want to catch up on the <laughs> chit chat, you need to watch Beef episodes one through five to catch up. That's yep. what we're going to be talking about. So we'll see you guys then. That's a clean slate.